Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Rest Hello, Andrew. Hey there, Edwin. Continuing on with Psalm 104. That's on right. Tuesday. Tuesday of Text Talk. Uh, psalm 104, it is a longer psalm than some of the ones we've been reading lately. So maybe you should just jump into it. But full of beautiful praise of God, yeah, the glory of his creation. Yes. So many wonderful things to talk about. Yes. So today I'll be reading Psalm 104 from the New King James Version. Bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord my God, you are very great. You are clothed with honor and majesty. Who cover yourself with light as with a garment. Who stretch out the heavens like a curtain. He lays the beams of his upper chambers in the waters, who makes the clouds his chariot, who walks on the wings of the wind, who makes his angels spirits, his ministers a flame of fire. You who laid the foundations of the earth so that it should not be moved forever, you covered it with the deep as with a garment, the waters stood above the mountains. At your rebuke they fled, at the voice of your thunder they hastened away, they went up over the mountains, they went down into the valleys to the place which you founded for them. You have set a boundary that they may not pass over, that they may not return to cover the earth. He sends the springs into the valleys. They flow among the hills. They give drink to every beast of the field. The wild donkeys quench their thirst. By them the birds of the heavens have their home. They sing among the branches. He waters the hills from his upper chambers. The earth is satisfied with the fruit of your works. He causes the grass to grow for the cattle and vegetation for the service of man, that he may bring forth food from the earth and wine that makes glad the heart of man, oil to make his face shine, and bread which strengthens man's heart. The trees of the Lord are full of sap, the cedars of Lebanon which he planted. Where the birds make their nests, the stork has her home in the fir trees. The high hills are for the wild goats. The cliffs are a refuge for the rock badgers. He appointed the moon for seasons. The sun knows it's going down. You make darkness and it is night, in which all the beasts of the forest creep about. The young lions roar after their prey and seek their food from God. When the sun rises, they gather together and lie down in their dens. Man goes out to his work and to his labor until the evening. O Lord, how manifold are your works! In wisdom you have made them all. The earth is full of your possessions. This great and wide sea in which are innumerable teeming things, living things, both small and great. There the ships sail about. There is that Leviathan which you have made to play there. These all wait for you that you may give them their food in due season. What you give them they gather in. You open your hand. They are filled with good. You hide your face. They are troubled. You take away their breath. They die and return to their dust. You send forth your spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the earth. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works. He looks on the earth and it trembles. He touches the hills and they smoke. I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have my being. May my meditation be sweet to him. I will be glad in the Lord. May sinners be consumed from the earth, and the wicked be no more. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Praise the Lord. This entire psalm is a praise of the Lord. It's a praise of God. It's a yeah. meditation upon who God is 
as we shared yesterday. Manifested in his creation, in his provision. Yeah, as we talked about yesterday, recognizing that from Genesis 1. But one of the things that I really get from this psalm is the notion of who is the God of Genesis 1, mm-hmm. who is the God of Psalm 104, and, and who he's not. Okay. Some, some of these mistaken notions about God, we, we hit on that a little bit yesterday as we considered the mistaken notions of Eastern mysticism and meditation that is faulty. But I think the first thing we need to grasp when we think about God and the God we're worshiping, the God we're praising, this kind of psalm demonstrates to us that our God is no ethereal, mystical wisp of thought. He's not just some kind of force, not just some kind of emanating aura that's just kind of out there. This is a personal God who has personally created all things, who acts, Mm -hmm. who interacts, who, who has being and power. He sets the boundaries of the waters. Uh, he he created the animals. He renews the life on the earth. Mm-hmm. These are things that, that these are the acts of a personal God, not yeah. just some kind of emanating force. Are, are you seeing what I'm saying there? No, I'm I'm definitely seeing there. And and in that respect, I think you can look at this creation and appreciate. You, you keep using person, but even personality. Yes. Okay. That uh, there are different kinds of animals spoken to in this, and there are different environments that they live in. I mean, I'm sharing this meditation with the psalmist, and in my mind's eye as I read it, it it just seems like a picture of all is right with the world, Mm -hmm. you know, and and things are as they should be. And I think we understand in a greater picture there was a hope for what this world could be in Eden and its sinlessness, and, and it is not that. We'll talk about some of those things, but the echoes of that are everywhere yes and i ponder this sometimes that our god is an artist mm. okay there's things that like reading this psalm and, and what's impressive about it, they're beautiful they're functional and they're beautiful and i get for there to be life it has to be functional but things don't have to be beautiful mm. but they are God has established the world in a way that there are things that have inherent beauty, things that have inherent value. There are things that we should be able to look at, and everyone says, you know, that's beautiful. And if you don't say that's beautiful, if you you don't recognize the inherent intrinsic beauty with which God has created it and formed it, uh, there's something wrong with you. Mm. I, I mean, that's... That, that's something that we should all recognize. Your thinking is not trained yeah, well. Your, yeah, your thinking has not been trained well. We mm. need to be trained and we need to pass on the proper estimation of all things. Yeah. And some of that we see here. I appreciate you bringing that up. There, there are beautiful things mm-hmm. in this world, beautiful principles, beautiful ideas, and there are beautiful things things that are just intrinsically that and we should yeah. note it so and that a, comes a from pers- being a personal god a personal god with personality yes yeah. right. one of the other things i recognize here is this is, and, and this we hit on yesterday when we shunned the notion of eastern mysticism and meditation this is no our god is no pantheistic conglomeration of all that we see and experience he's not He's not merely the combination of all things that exist as if the only thing that actually exists is God. Mm. I often talk about the different kind of stories that we tell of reality. Mm -hmm. And one of the ways that I try to express that, one of the stories I call just spiritism. It's the story that says that actually the only thing that exists is spirit, that there's only spiritual stuff. And and so when when I reach out and I pinch myself and I feel this matter, this fleshly, earthly, stuff, 
well, that's just an illusion. That's not really, that's not the way things really are. Somehow we're trapped in that because really everything is just God. And somewhere along the line, we'll all become one with the God of the mm. universe and it'll just be God. I got to tell you, that's not the picture I'm getting from Psalm 104. No, no. Here is a God who is before all of this creation above and beyond all of this creation and distinct from yeah and so this creation is not him yeah 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 I, one of the other things he's not a deistic watchmaker this is not god who created everything at the beginning and now is just watching it unwind you mean god is not aloof hasn't gone for a walk he has not gone <laughs> for a walk he's not just observing it's not he's not a great experimenter who threw it all into the test tube is now going to see what happens uh, what we see is he is actually actively involved he he makes the springs gush mm-hmm. forth in the valleys and flow between the hills he provides continually for the animals uh, i get it that some of that is through here's how the world has been established but it what the psalm shows is the realization that if god were to remove his hand his yes. sustaining powerful hand all of this would come crashing down so it puts in my mind the the beauty and perhaps even a little bit of mystery mm. of the providence of god yes that Ultimately, he is sustaining his mm. creation. Yes. But the various means that he is working through, um, maybe sometimes we fail to see him yes. working yes. through those means. Yes, absolutely. But it is his providence doing it. And this psalm, I think, really uh, brings that out to attribute things directly to God that perhaps we we only think about indirectly. Additionally, he's not some pagan anthropomorphism. And what I mean by that is how many of the pagans looked at the sun and said, that right there, that's God. And then you end up with Apollo, who is an anthropomorphism of yes, the sun. Of the sun. Or you've got the moon, and you end up with uh, a Diana, who is an anthropomorphism of the moon. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not what's going on. Or or you take a look at the Nile and think, well, the Nile, the reason we have life here in our country is because mm. the Nile floods once a year. So maybe the Nile itself is a God. That's not our God. The sun, the moon, those are creations of God. Mm-hmm. They don't look at trees and animals and say, oh, look, divine beings. We realize those are creations of the divine beings. Yes. So we're yes. not we're not we're not looking at all the stuff around us and worshiping those things. We are worshiping the God who created all of those things yeah. and that recognition. Well, and I appreciate that, too. And I, I think about in Christianity when God comes in tabernacles in the flesh, he, he doesn't come as some form of, you know, the a star here. So mm. It's Jesus Christ, right. right? Yeah. So let me just throw this last one out here. Here's one of the things that I think, you know what? You know what else God is not? God is no mythical flying spaghetti monster. Okay. <laughs> so I get it. I we're, we're covering all the different uh, <laughs> I, I get views it. of God today. The psalmist had never heard of the mythical flying spaghetti monster, but today what atheists want to do is say that if you believe in the God of the Bible, you might as well believe in a mythical flying spaghetti monster. You can't see him. There's no evidence that he's there. But actually what Psalm 104 is saying, no, there is evidence of God. There's evidence yeah. of God everywhere. We're not we're not believing in God apart from evidence. We're taking a look around and saying, look at all the design. Mm-hmm. And I, I grasp that the design in this psalm is not as deep as we see today. 
because oh, yeah. because they didn't have microscopes that saw the cells. No. And they had not been able to see DNA. But what he did notice is there's night and there's day. And there are animals that go out and find food at night. And there's man that goes out and works in the day. day. And there's, there's seasons and there's times. And yeah. it all works together so that there's rain and there's water and there's there's a habitable region and then there are inhabitants for those regions and it all works together Uh, it again not that they're not that there's not struggles of course we're going to talk about sin sometime later in this week but the recognition like you said these echoes of the very good world that god created the design the order and that's that's what our psalmist is seeing Our, our psalmist is seeing order and we would call it design, and so he recognized there is one who put the order in place. There is the designer. And, and we've just today been able to see that more and more and more and more as we've gotten deeper and deeper and deeper in the design. I understand that there are plenty of people and well-intentioned people in this world who may have a view of higher power that is pantheistic or deistic or mystical. Uh, You know, I want to be respectful of people's beliefs. I want to contrast them with scripture. And I want to say, let me declare to you this unknown God. Yes. But this flying spaghetti monster thing, that just seems like a mockery of oh, all yeah. faith and a it mockery is. of all religion. It is. It absolutely is. That, that doesn't is. seem like we're still in good faith. We're, we're not even dealing with the same kind of thing. But what I want to point out is that there's absolutely nothing anywhere that would prompt anyone to say, you know what I think there is? I think there's a flying spaghetti monster. But there's a lot that we look around as we see laws mm-hmm. of the world. We recognize there's a way that the world works. Mm-hmm. And understanding that there's a way that the world works. When we see order, when we see design, there is evidence that there there is someone or something that set the order in place, mm-hmm, that did mm-hmm. the designing, that did the creating. Yeah. And yes, it's ridiculous to say, I think there's some invisible spaghetti monster, but it is not ridiculous to say, I think there's a lawgiver. Mm-hmm. It's not ridiculous to say, I think there's a designer. It's yeah. not res- ridiculous to say, I think there is a creator. I think there is yeah, someone a who, higher power who built this inhabitable universe and then placed inhabitants within it. Yeah. And I think that's absolutely reasonable. And that's why we should worship the God who created. And I, I just want to I want to say to you, Andrew, and to everyone who's listening, study it, study this world, dig into it as much as you can, see how it works and recognize what we're seeing as the evidence of God and his artistry, as you brought up. Mm-hmm. And I just it's just it's just powerful. Yeah. All right, we're out of time. Let's yeah. let's go ahead and wrap better, better up. Today. Pray. Better pray. <laughs> Holy God, we know that you are, and we know that you reward those who diligently seek you. May we diligently seek you. May we draw others in to diligently seek you. May we dispel myths and false notions of about you and your character and your existence, and instead be able to proclaim truth that demonstrates to everyone around us your nature, your character, your love, and the salvation you've provided through your son, Jesus Christ. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. 
Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne. Uh, Psalm 104. It is a longer psalm than some of the ones we've been reading lately. So maybe you should just jump into it. But full of beautiful praise of God. Yeah. The glory of his creation. Yes. So many wonderful things to talk about. Yes. So we've got a Psalm 104 here from the New King James Version. And so maybe you should just jump right into it. <laughs> Edwin, would you like me to jump right into it? Edwin, yes. Are you, are you feeling like we're a little pressured here for time or something? <laughs> would you, would a, you, would you like me to jump right into here? it? You... Yes, I would like you to jump right into it. Well, I'm not going to. <laughs> the more you want it, the harder it's going to be for me to do that. <laughs> All right, in all seriousness.